I am Jimbo Paris, and you are listening to the Jimbo Paris Show. Hello, and I am Jimbo Paris. Welcome to the Jimbo Paris Show. So, I guess that's going to be coming up on this show is going to be Lois Hollis. And, yep, let's bring up Lois Hollis. Hi. Hello, Miss Hollis. So, can you please begin by giving me a brief summary about yourself, who you are, what you're about, and what your message is? Okay. I am 77, so I'll make it brief. <laughs> My life had come to a point that I was very ill. And at that point, I began to understand about shame and guilt. And not that that's rare. Everyone has the problem with shame and guilt. But I was able to find out what it is why it affects us, and how to get rid of it. And once I healed from a death sentence because of all the physical problems and emotional problems, I decided people came to me and wanted to know what was I doing. And I told them what I was doing, and they got well as well. So someone said, you want to charge for this? I said, charge for what? I'm just helping people (laughs) to get rid of shame and guilt. (laughs) (laughs) And so it began 15 years ago. So my profession found me. And that's what I'm doing is exposing shame and guilt. So all of us can live free without blaming that we do to ourselves. It's really interesting. And speaking of being a nurse, what specifically motivated you to become a nurse? Well, I always wanted to be in the health field. And that's all I can remember. And I know that when I was about 10 or 11 or 12, something in that teenager years, that I became a candy striper. That was called like a nurse's aide in the the hospital. And since then, I have always been in the health field. I started the first kidney hemodialysis unit in the country in 1966. And I was in open heart surgery in its infancy at University of Maryland. So I've always been sort of a trailblazer and health was always important to me. I always felt like if you didn't have your health, you didn't have anything. Why do you think health was so important to you? That's a good question. I don't know. I just felt like health was so important to me. And I had many problems because I had an abusive childhood So therefore, I had, you know, broken bones and head traumas and things of that sort, you know, that I'm making very light of it, but it was very severe injuries. And so I guess I was always looking for a way to heal. And eventually I found it. I found a physician chiropractor who could help my bones come back to normal, but I had to do the emotional work as well, like we all do. And that's when I discovered that shame and guilt was the enemy You didn't have to do depression or anxiety or any other things. You just had to get rid of the shame and guilt. And I realized that what conventional therapies say is not correct. They do not know the truth about shame and guilt. And that's what I have become as an educator and filmmaker and counselor to help people realize what the true nature of shame and guilt is. And that's what I would like to explain to your audience to help them to get out of shame and guilt. Because if you don't know the truth, how are you going to fix it? And what is this truth? Well, let's start at the beginning. I understand shame, guilt to be an energy. 
I call it shame guilt, not shame and guilt, because shame is in the unconscious mind and guilt's in the conscious mind. And that kind of makes sense because shame is so hidden and guilt is like right in your face, like I shouldn't have eaten that or I should have done that or so forth and so on. That's more conscious, but they're the same energy. And that's important to know because it kind of splits our mind. This is because they say guilt is good and shame is bad. And you'll never arrive at the right conclusion because you're like, one's good and one's bad, but you're attacking the same energy. So as a nurse or in the medical field forever, I've come to learn that the medical world phrases things or names things a kind of placement not because of cause. Like if you have a bacteria in your brain, they call it meningitis. Okay. If you have the same bacteria in your stomach, they call it gastritis. The same bacteria in your lungs, they call it pneumonia. The same bacteria in your liver, they would call it hepatitis. Do you see where I'm going with this? So it really confuses you. You think it's a different modality, but it's really the same thing. So that's why... I call it shame guilt, not shame and guilt, because it's one of the same. There's no healthy poison. Like one can be good and one can be bad. It's you can't do that. And I think that has helped is one of the reasons why we have had a misunderstanding about these two conditions, because they are linked. They're the same. They the medical world calls them different things because of the placement, not because of what it is. So that I believe that's the first thing that I can help people understand. Okay. And with shame and guilt, what do you think would be the best example to describe that? So let's say I'm a person that has some type of urge, some type of habit that I don't really like to have. Maybe I like to bite my fingernail. Can you sort of explain how the process goes with feeling guilt and then feeling shame with fingernail biting? Yeah, well, you can take that to any, you know, anything, eating too much chocolate cake or, you know, not completing something, failing your exams. Yeah, we can do guilt and shame any place. So the first thing to know is that shame, guilt, energy, what you're feeling is affecting you. And it's a negative energy outside of you. So if it's outside of you, you can get rid of it. It doesn't belong to you. It's placed upon humanity. That's another long story. But shame, guilt, energy doesn't belong to you. It's not, it's common, but it's not normal. Okay. So that gives you like, this doesn't belong to me. This is an outside energy. Now, we all know what love energy is. And love energy has many emotions like, compassion and intuition and we can self-esteem we can do anything we can climb Mount Everest so love energy commands many positive emotions okay now on the other side we have a negative energy and that's shame guilt energy shame guilt energy is like a computer virus what happens when a negative computer virus comes into your computer computer <laughs> Everything goes bad, right? Nothing works. And it doesn't even make sense because one operating system works, the other one doesn't. I don't know too much about tech, but I know it messes it all up. And the only way to fix it is to get rid of the virus 
or get rid of your computer. Well, we can't get rid of ourselves. So we have to get rid of the virus. We have to get rid of the shame, guilt energy. Okay. So we are a computer type system. You know, the human has a lot of energy lines, meridians. I'm sure you understand that being in, you know, the field that we are energy based organisms. So if a negative energy comes into us, it, it distorts it. And shame, guilt, energy distorts us. It turns our positive emotions to negative ones. See, we were already positive. We have health. We have happiness. We have joy. We have love. But shame, guilt, energy turns our emotions to negative form. Like compassion turns to depression. Intuition turns to anxiety. Passion turns to anger. So we are already beautiful, loving humans. It's the shame of energy that comes into us that distorts our emotions. And we go to therapies for depression and anxiety and other things. But it's really the shame, guilt energy that's making the problem. So that's why we fight so hard with depression. We fight so hard with anxiety. We fight so hard with mental illness because if you don't address the shame, guilt that's inside of you, then you're not going to complete wellness. And, and as you know, I mean, a lot of people go to therapy for years and years and years, and they don't see much accomplished unless you address the shame, guilt. And that's the new information that I'm bringing to the table. Because people get well so quickly within an hour or two after I have session with them because we're able to find the shame guilt that they got when they were two years old or four years old and somebody bullied them in grade school or they didn't get the date in teenage years. They didn't get in the college that they wanted to. I mean, we have many ways of getting shamed and guilt and they all become cumulative in our lifetime. They don't go away until we get rid of them. Oh, this is very, very interesting. Let me just kind of reground the audience. Oh, yeah, yeah, please, because I threw a lot at you, and it's like... (laughs) So she's talking about shame, guilt, energy. And basically, the focus is shame is in the subconscious mind. Guilt is in the conscious mind. Her goal is to get rid of shame, guilt, energy by implementing love energy, right? Yes, but there's a process we have to do. You can't just, like, just do love energy, but... I'll teach you the process, but okay. you so have to. The process. Okay. Yeah, but but I think the recap is good, Jimbo, because it's such a different concept. You're like, what is she talking about? Because it's new. But that's why we've been fighting shame guilt since Adam and Eve, because we don't know it's a foreign energy. Okay, we feel miserable, but we are made to feel energy because, I mean, excuse me, we're made to feel depression because of the energy that impacted us like a computer virus impacts your computer and people didn't really understand this until the computer came along and you can really understand how negative force can affect an um, an energy system and we are an energy system so if you I, I like your recap if you wanted to do that that's important before we move on You're giving out a lot of important information here, and I just want to make certain that a lot of the audience understands what you're saying. Now, I'm definitely a lot more interested in, before we even get into the process of how you convert everything to love energy, 
What was the biggest failure you had to deal with in learning all of this information? How did you come back from it? For example, you went from being a nurse to going into dealing with shame, guilt, energy. How was that transition? Were there any failures in that transition? That was a bit of a heavy question. But oh, no, that's good. I love questions. Well, I became, I was a very accomplished nurse. I, you know, you know, developed the kidney unit and developed many procedures, practices, organizations, et cetera. I had three children. But around 50, my health was declining because of the physical abuse that I endured as a child. But also the emotional impact was taking effect. And as you know, if you don't do emotional healing, it just gets worse. Denial doesn't work. I mean, it works for a couple of years, but then it takes its toll. And that's where I was in round 50 because I was stuck and I went to counseling and I felt better, but I, I wasn't happy. I wasn't thriving. I didn't want to commit suicide anymore. So that was good. But uh, I was in the throes of shame and depression, shame and guilt, but I didn't know what I was suffering from. That's the whole key. I was just despondent and despair. I was I mean, if you're suicidal, you're just grossly depressed. So that's where I was. I was in the hole of shame and guilt, but I didn't know what the hole was called. And I feel like most of us are there. Not all, not that destitute, but during the day we get there and we don't know why we got there. How did we get there? How did I get depressed? How did I get anxious? So I'm giving names to what now we can call it that place where we're so stuck is the shame, guilt, hole, or whatever you want to call it. But I feel it's like a lost, dark hole that you fall into, and I'm giving a name to it. And through my own healing, I was able to understand about shame and guilt. I mean, someone came to me and they said, what do you do about shame? And I went, oh, my goodness, that's an odd word. <laughs> I can't believe I said that. But that's somewhere about 20 years ago. And so I did research on shame. And then by reading it, I was going, oh, my goodness, that's how I feel. So I could identify the name with my feelings. Like, oh, that's what I feel all the time is shame. But I didn't know to call it that. Does that make sense? Yes. And so the way you overcame your biggest failure was by discovering what the problem actually was by getting it, a name, which was shame and guilt. Exactly. So, and I found that I'm not like the only one, you know, how do you solve a problem? You name it, you name the offender, you named your enemy. But if you're in a place where you don't know what it is, you just feel depressed. Sometimes you feel anxious. We don't know. Should go to therapy for depression? Should I go to therapy for anxiety? Should I feel, you know, sad? Should I, my heart is not working right? You know, you have so many problems, but you don't know what to call it. And so I, through my own deduction, I have a detective mind, I realized that Shane Gill, by reading and understanding Bradshaw's work, was that I was experiencing shame, but I had so much shame. I didn't know I had it. You know how it is when you, you have so much of something, you don't know what it is. Like if you're in a dark room, we can't see the darkness because it's always is dark. So that's where I was. There was so much shame and guilt from the abuse that I couldn't even see it. But once I could name it, 
then I could actually start attempting to get out of it. And then I realized that nobody was doing any work on shaming guilt, except a couple of people say, oh, it's not good. It's not good. And But no one said how to get rid of it, hmm. which is true. They just say, oh, don't think about it. Well, that doesn't work. I've tried it and we all tried it and it comes back the next day. Right. <laughs> well, it's the purple elephant system. It's basically where sit in a corner and don't get up until you're done thinking about the purple elephant. Is that what they say? Yeah. If you tell someone not to think about something, that's the number one thing they're going to think about. Exactly. Failure. Yeah. So I agree. So pardon. Yeah. So what I did was I'm very blessed with new information. Okay. That's my, I just get new information. So I didn't go to school for this. I went to God's school. What else are you going to call it? So I just get new information. I had a near-death experience in childhood. Maybe, you know, I got more information at that time. But anyway, I've always been able to do new things, learn new things without being taught them. So I began to understand more and more shame when I was actually healing myself. And I could see the shame guilt actually inside of me. And I've learned it was an energy that made my emotions negative. So if it's an outside energy, I could take it out. So I began to change and heal and I got younger and people came to me and they said, what are you doing? How did you heal? And I said, I was getting rid of shame and guilt. They go, can I do that? And I said, I guess so. So I was teaching other people to do the program that I was doing on myself and they got well in a very quick time like, you know, a month or two, and they would have been in therapy for five years. And they sent their mothers and their grandmothers and their kids and their friends to me. And that's how my practice began. And I said, oh, I guess that's what I'm supposed to do, is be a shame, guilt, educator, counselor, and teach people what that is that we can't, haven't been able to name. And it's not bad to say shame, guilt. It's like we have to name it to get rid of it. But I got, but I felt an impasse because people didn't want to hear the word shame guilt. Oh, we don't talk about that. It doesn't exist. And the pandemic came and everybody had to stay home and their emotions start coming more to them. And they realized that they, too, had to name the shame guilt that they were now finding within their own life. And that's why this has become more popular now, because people actually are saying it. And it's not bad to say it. It's like, how are you going to defeat your enemy if you don't know your enemy? And I I believe, Jimbo, that's where I am. I'm telling people shame guilt is your enemy. And the more you know about your enemy, the more you can defeat it. And I'm thinking here for a second. What is, this falls in well with the next thing I want you to talk about. What is the primary purpose or the primary value you provide to a customer when they come to your business? And can you sort of go into the process of how you repair the shame and guilt energy that's in the said customer? I teach people exactly what I'm telling you. The first thing is to realize it's an energy. It's outside of you. 
It's not in, it's inside of you, but it doesn't belong to you. If it's outside of you, you can get rid of it. That's huge. Never say my shame, say the shame. You never own it. So that's, that's number one. And then, and your audience can really get a lot from that in itself, which is a whole different concept to uh, embody because it's all my shame. No, it's the shame, the guilt. And they're the same. Neither one is good. And when people learn this, how do you think they can then begin applying a set of actions? Do you have lessons or anything else to help them? Begin yes. To fix those issues? Yes. Yes. So, but the first thing is it's not of you. Right. It's not. Okay. Of that's you. very important. And the second is that you can get rid of it. The third thing is that it only has one defect. It dissolves in detection. So that's why I am educating to expose it so people know that shame guilt is clandestine. It's undercover. Nobody talks about it. Nobody wants to explain it. And that makes it even more resistant within you. So the fact that I'm bringing it out to the surface it loses its energy. It loses its power over you. So you made a final point. Can you please elaborate more on that final point you said about knowing whether or not shame or guilt exists in around, I mean, their life? Um, can you rephrase that? I want to make sure I'm... You, you put up three fingers. The final finger was the one that confused me a bit. You sort of mentioned how shame and guilt must be recognized before it could be dealt with? Well, the final it's, it, well, the fact that you're understanding that shame and guilt is an outside force helps you to be in control of your life, that you have power over shame, guilt. Shame, guilt doesn't have power over you. And I think that's where all of us are, me included. I mean, I'm still, you still deal with it to some degree. That shame, guilt, you can't get out of it. It's stuck. You know, you're, you're just like, I'll never get there. I'll never get there. And I'm saying that that's how it makes you feel. But if you know that it's not of you, oh, I can get rid of it. I don't have to entertain it. Meaning that I don't have to keep thinking I'm not good enough, I'm bad, I'm not good, I'm guilty. Because that is rolling down the hill into a shame guilt hole. And, and I'm sure that everyone has felt that. I mean, I've been in severe depression. And it's because the shame guilt just roller coasters down until you say, stop. No, this is energy that's not of me, doesn't belong to me. I can change my focus and say, I'm in control of it. It doesn't control me. Okay, so how did you change your focus specifically when you were dealing with shame and guilt around you? Well, what I did do was, this is a little sideline, but when the shame, guilt energy would come, I would kind of like, that's not of me. Does it go away completely? No, but at least you stop going down the bad hole. And that's what, you know, because the suicide is just so rampant now and depression. It's 400% more this year, last year. That's horrible. 
So we need to stop that roller coaster and put it over there and then talk to your emotions. Like I would say, hi, depression. Thank you for coming to see me. And I have a DVD out of discord into harmony that shows you how to talk within yourself and how to talk to the inner critic. So that's what you do instead of feeling um, shingle. So that's the process that I do is help to uncover the shame guilt that's within you and bring it to the surface. And that's how you can get rid of it. But the important thing to remember is that we don't have to succumb to it. And then sometimes that's a hard thing to do because we're so infiltrated by it, by our, our school, our government, our politics, our mother, our father, our grandmother, our friends, you know, it, it, it's endemic. So it's often hard to rise out of it. So I have a process where, like, you and I could be shame-guilt buddies. And when I'm going down the shame-guilt thing, I would call you and you would say, okay, Lois, that doesn't belong to you. Let's talk about your emotions. So we kind of help each other out. It's almost like AA. Does that make sense? Yes. So I understand it's not that easy to pop out of it, but to know that it's not of us and we can get out of it and we need a little help. And that's what I do. I help people in sessions to get out of it. And once you get out of it, you get less and less shame guilt. So it's easier and easier to get out of it and then work on your emotions because the shame guilt is so powerful. It covers your emotions and you don't have a chance of being, you know, out of your depression or anxiety or anger. Anger is huge. And that's all shame, guilt, energy. And how do you know someone has shame, guilt, energy within their life? Everybody has it. (laughs) We're not alone. Everybody. It's just that everybody has a different amount. Everyone, every human being has shame, guilt, energy, unfortunately. But it depends on the amount of shame, guilt that you have gathered throughout your life. If you're violent, rage, very depressed, anxious, it depends on how intense your emotions are. That's how you can tell the level of shame, guilt, energy that a person is holding. Does, does that, how does that work? That does make sense. But how do you know the level that each person has? So it, would you it depends on, pardon? High level previously in the past? It depends on what presently, there's no test, you know, like, you know, give me five reasons why you do this or four reasons, or if you have this or that, you you can't qualitatively say the only indicator you have is the intensity of negative emotions. Let's say somebody has a lot of hatred. That means they have a lot of shame, guilt, energy, a person that has hurt feelings, a little anxiety, they have a smaller amount of shame, guilt, energy. You know, negative emotions have a a level like hurt emotion, then anxiety, then anger, and then depression, hatred, and fear. So it depends. Each motion carries more shame, guilt, energy, and they label it as that, but they don't say it has more shame, guilt, energy. 
I'm def- I'm redefining psychology <laughs> because we have to. You can't spend ten years in therapy for depression and five in anxiety. You'll be you'll be too old to be ha- well. We got to shortcut it a little bit. What do you mean by shortcut it? Means I like to have people get well in a couple months than than ten years, and I have people coming to me that have been in therapy for ten years, and you know when we address the shame guilt energy and get rid of it, not all of it, you know, but a more manageable level because we keep this is all self healing, and I'm teaching people a process that they can use themselves every day or whenever they need to. This is self help, and the more that they can self-heal, the more resilient they become. And then I teach them what shame and guilt behaviors are. When people put shame and guilt on them, they say no. So they don't accept anymore. Very good that you clarified that because I think a lot of people were thinking, oh, well, you're going to give them medication. Oh, this is therapy. This is self-help. This is more of a a process of you helping them to heal themselves. So it's sort of Exactly. A- self-help. I'm not saying therapy is bad. I'm just saying that you reach a point in therapy where you level off and you need to heal yourself and you can. And that's what I'm doing is helping people to talk to themselves. And if you can't, you get a buddy that you can talk to and they can talk to. We all need to get rid of the shame guilt we carry, but there's no diagnostic code for that. I mean, the DSM the four, the thousand pages have, you know, four or 500 diagnoses, but they never say shame guilt. So there's not a way to get rid of shame guilt. And that's really mind boggling because shame guilt is the reason we have any negative emotions. So I'm helping people to heal themselves. I'm not crazy. You're not crazy. Your, your listeners aren't crazy. They don't have mental illness. They just don't feel successful enough. They don't feel like they can do things. They don't, we all feel that way. I'm not good enough. That's kind of, they say normal, but it's, it's common. And the reason that is, is because of shame, guilt, energy. So you don't have to go to therapy for that. You can just learn what shame, guilt behaviors are. Don't use them on yourself or other people. Don't add to the reservoir you already have and learn how not to accept them anymore and become more empowered and successful, and then you get happier. And that's what I do is help people to learn. I'm more of a teacher because no one's teaching this info. Now, speaking of teaching, how do therapy sessions work with a client? So does a client FaceTime you, or do you meet face-to-face with them, or do you just simply send them a message counseling them? Well, because of the, you know, pandemic crazy. I do session on the phone or Zoom and we talk like you and I are talking and I help them to find one or two incidences where they had feeling not good enough. We address that one, we clear it and that they're just like, oh my goodness, I feel so much better. It's kind of like you're going in the back door rather than the front door. You know, therapy, normal therapy, goes right to a situation. I go to the other place what causes it and then the the problem dissolves. It's kind of it's kind of a more profound, quicker let's say we're all upgrading 
and we got to upgrade the processes that help us. And so that's what I'm doing. I'm upgrading therapies. There's a lot of people that talk to me and they say, I spent a lot of money on courses and I've been doing therapy for years and I still can't get rid of the guilt that I carry. I'm always guilty. So I must really be really, really bad because I can't get rid of the guilt. And I do all these courses and all these therapies and nothing works. And I said, you will never get rid of the guilt until you get rid of the shame that's causing the guilt. And that makes people feel so much better because it's it's not them. It's the process that's out there now because people are not linking shame and guilt together. I'm bringing, you know, this is all new. And do you think it's, now I understand your philosophy is new, but do you think there were other people in the past and they've practiced something similar to what you were doing and you may have gotten influence from them? Not really. The only thing that, that people are doing now are interpersonal therapies, you know, like inner child work or the um, future self or the past self or whatever they call them now. But that's what I do. Soul speaks. But I realized that it's the inner personality parts of us that are carrying the shame, guilt energy. And that's why you can't just say, oh, I get rid of all the shame, guilt that I ever carried. That's not going to work because you have to find it to get rid of it. And you only find it within the inner personality parts within you. That's new. That's different. But inner personality work, thank goodness, is really becoming more popular. You know, because we are a composite of many personalities. That's not schizophrenia. You know, it's just we're we have different parts within us. You know, some are happy, some are sad, and we have the inner critic. Hmm. And I do a lot of work with the inner critic because we make friends with the inner critic. Because that's the shame guilt producer. So how does the inner critic, how do you fix the inner critic when you do You don't, it? yeah, you don't fix it. You make friends with it. You go, oh my God, you're crazy. <laughs> the inner critic is our best friend. And he's just living in the time when we were six and seven, eight, nine, ten. And now we're 30, 40, 50 years old. And we have to bring him into our time and we make friends with him. He he needs to be with us today, not in the past. But you have to make friends with him. Like I'm talking to you and learning about you. You have to talk to him and learn about him, too. And you can see that on my DVD. It's hard to explain unless you can see it. And that's why I became a filmmaker. Mm-hmm. So you people can see how you make friends with the personalities within you and also your inner critic. So if anyone's interested, it would be helpful to look at that DV, that um, short movie. It's about 20 minutes out of discord into harmony. And it shows how you can actually help the unconscious without hypnosis or anything. You can, this is really talking to yourself. This is the self healing talking to yourself. And I explain how to do it in that DVD. What are the key resources you think would be best for someone to get help from you on your website? Okay, sure. They can always have a session with me. And also I have a book, an ebook, 500 questions, one answer. And you sign up for the newsletter and it shows 500 different ways you can use shame, guilt behaviors, or some person does it on you. So we have to know what shame, guilt behaviors are, 
in order to avoid them. But our culture has taught us that that's normal, but it isn't. Okay. The second thing is watch the film Out of Discord. And this is all free. Out of Discord into Harmony. And I have about 50 podcasts on my website as well. So there's a lot of teaching. And if they want to schedule an appointment with me, I can talk with them about how to use all that information for themselves and how they can structure it for themselves. And that's why I became a filmmaker. And my new film, I'm Good, coming out next month, will show how the energy affects our systems and ourselves. So we believe what we see. And since we don't see the shame, guilt energy, we don't believe it. <laughs> the best way to see this energy. Watch my film. Because <laughs> you won't be able to see it otherwise unless you have the gift of sight. I have the gift of sight. So I have an inner sight so I can see things. So I'm going to. Sh- That's why I became a filmmaker to show what I see. So you'll have to wait till my film comes out. And do you think your background as a nurse has sort of given you an edge compared to other people that may get into this form of energy therapy, if you will? I think it's given me a background, but my own quest for healing. I've always looked for how to heal. I always thought that there would be an easier. I have doctors in my family. I have come from a very large family, then 90% are medical. And through my own healing, I had to learn how to heal because nobody else could heal me. I had to find somebody to help me heal. And I always knew that anything is healable. You just have to find the nutrition. I do a lot of uh, vegetable juicing and things of that sort. So I'm always looking for a way to heal because we all need healing, no, no matter what it is. We, we live on planet Earth. We've been insulted. So you may not have a mental an illness that's very exposed, but we all need healing on this Earth because of the, the insults we get emotionally, physically, the chemicals, etc. So I've always looked at how we can heal. What's the best remedy? And when I had emotional problems... I had to look and see and find something that would help me to heal. And, and the therapy only takes you so far. It doesn't go into shame, guilt energies at all. And so you're stuck. You don't get home. You go to first, second base. You never come home because you have to heal at a depth. And my recommendation is have all healing remedies incorporate shame, guilt work. Because if you don't, you're not going to heal completely. Now, everybody doesn't need that. They don't feel like they need it. And that's okay. But there are people that want to have health, wellness. And the only way to do that is to get rid of the shame and guilt. We all have it. It's not like um, you have it, you don't. <laughs> we all have it. It's, it's endemic. And when I found a way to get rid of it, I was like, oh, my goodness, this is so exciting. This is like so exciting. And what gives you this motivation to help those in need? It's what I was born with. I feel the need to serve, like I'm in service to God. And humanity will not evolve until we get rid of shame, guilt, energies. We are stuck. 
we're not going to get any smarter unless we get rid of the shame, guilt energy that's impacting us and pushing us down. So in order for humanity, the greater good. So I working for humanity. It's kind of a big you know, picture. But when you really think about it, if everyone did not have shame, guilt energy and felt that they could be successful and they could be loving to each other, there wouldn't be racism. There wouldn't be competition. There wouldn't be hatred because they're all shame, guilt based. How what of a humanity could we have? <laughs> That's a big one. Back to what you were doing specifically. How did you you sort of gave a few clues there about saying your purpose in life was to help people. And was that how you dealt with your inner critic? Is that how you became friends with your inner critic by realizing that purpose? I had to become what we all have to. Okay. We can't cut our inner critic off. We can't cut our arms off. The inner critic is part of us. And if, if I want to be your friend, I can't hate you. I have to learn why we have differences, right? So we discuss, hi, what do you want? What do I, I'm an ambassador. What do you want? What do I want? I want to evolve. I want to be successful. And the inner critic says, you can't go any farther because you're stupid. You don't know how to protect yourself from emotional hurts. And I go, oh, yes, I do. I'm learning. So it's negotiating. We negotiate. And then eventually I prove myself that I can take care of myself. People can insult me, but I don't accept it. Before, I would cry and crumble. So I've gotten stronger. I've gotten smarter. So that's what I want people to do is get smarter and realize how powerful they are. The only thing taking them down is that they think shame guilt is important. Well, we just say it's not. We, we have to learn that. And then once the inner critic and I became partners, and he is now with me in 2021, he was in 19... 19- 50 or 1940 different timelines. So now we can work together and I can, I can do what I do and I'm supported by him, not criticized by him, but he, I'm criticized because he's a protector. He's a good person. He or she, some people have female inner critics. This is a whole nother story, but the inner critic is our friend. And if he's not your friend, you got to make friends. You got to make friends with your think your enemy is, but it's not your enemy. That's a whole different approach, but it makes sense. People said you got to love yourself. Well, you can't hate the inner critic and love yourself. <laughs> so the inner critic, in a sense, can be sort of a separate entity in your head at times. Well, it's part of you. It's right. in your mind. It's in your soul. It's in your emotions. It's not just a figment of your imagination. It's real. Watch my out of discord into harmony and I'll give you a different angle. The inner critic is real. It's in your mind. It's in your heart. It's in your soul. It's really the part of your unconscious that's in control of you. You think you're in control yourself. You're not. The inner critic's in charge of you. The inner critic's in charge of you until you make peace with it. Him, her. They have a name. They have a personality. It's very interesting. It's a lot of fun. (laughs) this is like a whole new this is a whole new thing i'm bringing out here today but the inner critic is really fun isn't that nice to know you got an ally and not a an enemy inside of you that is very nice to know and do you think 
the inner critic may have some relation to what people call guardian angels in some sense. You think people mix up the two at times? It could be. Yeah. I, I consider my, um, well, he's called King. Why would he not be called King? <laughs> the names are like incredible. It could be my, an angel, could be a guardian, could be anything, whatever we name it. You know, we have many different names for things. And they all mean the same thing. That's what I mean about Shane Gill. There's like a thousand names for it. And we got so confused. We don't know what we're doing. And I'm just saying, hello, it's just Shane Gill. Work on that. Talk to your inner critic. Make friends. Okay, you can't do it in an hour or two hours. It takes a while. And that's what I teach. I teach people how to make friends with their inner critic. Doesn't take years. It takes maybe a couple of weeks. And you should have friends. How do you love yourself if you hate yourself? And people hate their inner critic. Get away. I hate you. Get away. And it's like, really, that's going to work? Oh, I love myself, but I hate my inner critic. Uh, that doesn't work. <laughs> and if someone was pursuing the same career that you were, what advice would you give to them? Oh, they got to do their homework first. You got to find your own inner self. You can't teach somebody anything until you go through the process yourself. Because you know, because I've had therapists come to me and they want to do what I'm doing. And I said, I'll teach you, but you have to heal yourself first. How can you heal somebody else if you don't heal yourself? Oh, wow. I'm perfect. I don't need any heal. And I went, okay, goodbye. No, I'm serious. So I go, okay, goodbye. There doesn't exist one person on this world without the shame guilt. It's just that you haven't tried to find it. Most people live in denial. And that's okay. You know, everybody has a time clock. Some people wake up when they're 20. Some people wake up when they're 40. Some people wake up when they're 80. It doesn't matter. And what is one, you know, speaking of these people that want to work for you, what is one common myth that people have about your profession or misconception? Let me phrase it that. I, I don't understand what people think that it is it correct or myth. I don't understand what you. So what are some, what is a stigma that certain people have about what you do? Oh, that, that used to be very profound. People say, we don't talk about shame and guilt because it doesn't exist. And the more you put energy to it, the more that you think it's there, but it doesn't exist. And for 10 years, I was like, nobody would talk to me because I do. They said, you got to call yourself a happiness coach or joy coach or a success coach. Don't say shame, guilt coach, because nobody will talk to you. And they were true. They were right. But I said, I'm not changing my name because that is the problem. And if you can't name the problem, you'll never fix it. Hello, people. That's stupid thinking. So, but the pandemic happened and everybody's home and they feeling guilty and shameful. They didn't do this or that. And they go, oh my goodness, Lois is right. There is shame and guilt. And then people start calling me to ask my opinion and so forth and so on. Because I called myself a shame guilt educator because that's what it is. I mean, Sansoon said that, know thy enemy. How can you solve a problem if you, how can you solve a problem if you don't name the problem? That's where I am. I'm naming the problem so we can solve it. Now, five years from now, we'll go, oh yeah, sure. We know how to do that. But this is new stuff here. Hmm. Yeah, it is a hmm. <laughs> so are there any final remarks that you would like to tell the audience to sort of summarize all of this the internal critic 
shame, guilt, love energy. How would you summarize all of this in a way where the audience can kind of interpret this and possibly go on to your website and begin to understand what that is? That's a very good question. <laughs> I think what we can say is that shame, guilt, energy is the reason for all negative emotions. You may not believe that, but eventually you'll understand it and become very empowered. And shame, guilt, energy is not for ours to own or to give. And there is a way out of the shame, guilt, blaming that we do to ourselves. And we all do it. We call it normal, but it's not normal. It's common. And we can get out of it. Far too long as everyone just accepts shame, guilt as a part of humanity. Okay? I'm saying it's not a part of humanity. That's where the difference is. And it's hard to believe that we've been so brainwashed. It, that's, it, it's true. How could I be so wrong? But when you have the, everything against you, of course, you're going to feel that way. So I'm saying it doesn't belong to us and there's a way out of it. And it'll take you a little while to understand that. I mean, people call me back in a couple of months and say, oh, I finally understand what you're saying. Because we, this is a total mind change. So go to my website, listen to my podcast, give me a call. I'll talk to you. And who knows? You never know. <laughs> All those burdens can be released, like regret. And, you know, when people die or something, they have such grief and such regret for years and years. That's all shame and guilt energy. It's painful to watch that for me when it can be avoided. Thank you again, Miss Hollis. You were a great guest. I'm definitely very thankful to have you on my show. You really pushed a lot of interesting points home with me and probably the audience as well. And if people have questions, they can always email me from your podcast and say, I don't understand what you're saying, but I will explain to you. And it takes a few days to understand it. And I also have a Facebook called the Shame Guilt Stoppers. So if you become a Shame Guilt Stopper, you can join my Facebook. <laughs> Thank you so much. That was fun. Thank you for listening to the Jimbo Parish Show. 